My first time was terrifying. My first time was scary. Exciting. Shocking. Traumatic. Sad. Awkward. Weird. Uncomfortable. It's depressing. A relief. I thought I was dying. Meh. <laughs> My first time was horrifying. <laughs> My first time was empowering. My first time. First time. My first time. My name is Janet Mbogwa. I'm a media personality from Kenya, the founder of the award-winning Inuadado Foundation, author of My First Time, which has inspired this podcast about first-time period stories, and I'm a mom of two amazing boys. It's important to me that we continue normalizing and mainstreaming taboo conversations through diverse voices, because when everyone is included, everyone wins. For Josephine Muturi, menstruating while living with a physical disability inspires her to help other girls and women who are navigating the same barriers. In our conversation, she talks about how she hopes facilities and products can be enhanced to serve girls and women like her and her hopes for the future. More than 1 billion people, or approximately 15% of the world's population, live with some form of disability. 80% live in developing countries, and this is according to the UN. Now, women and girls with disabilities may experience menstruation differently, more negatively, compared to non-disabled women. These include frequent reports of dysmenorrhea, um, heavy periods, menstrual hygiene issues, all of these as well linked to premenstrual syndrome. And these are just some of the challenges that those living with disability face. And that's what we're tackling today. But before we get into the issues, Josephine, your first time story. Okay, thank you, Janet, for the opportunity. Uh, I'm really humbled. Okay, my first time story started back when I was in class six. Uh, I was in the village. And one Sunday afternoon, after the church, I was at home and I went to the toilet and I found that I had soiled my, my panties. I was worried, but I remembered a friend of mine called Irene who was in a certain boarding school and she had explained to us what the menstrual periods are. And so I was afraid that, oh, my God, I have started my periods. Uh, I did not share the story with anybody. I looked for a piece of cloth and I used it as a, as a pad. By then, those days, women were using cotton wool or pieces of cloth. The modern parts which are used today are, were not there. So I looked for, the, for a piece of cloth and I used it as a pad. The following day, I was supposed to go to school, so I looked for another piece of cloth. Uh, I put it uh, as a pad, and then on my way to school, it fell down because I'm a, I, I'm a girl living with a disability. And so with my walking style, I cannot walk with my legs together. So the pad fell down and I went to school without a pad. It was a very bad day because in the course of the day, I had soiled my dress, my uniform. 
And so in the evening, I went back home and I was wondering how will I go to school tomorrow. I decided to make another pad, look for a piece of cloth. I folded it well and I took an intro and a thread and I, I sewed it on my panty. So that is how I went to school on the second day and I thank God that the pad did not fall down. And I did the same for the third day and the fourth day and my periods were over. And so I continued using those parts for quite a long time. My mother was working in a tea plantation and she was getting very little money so I could not bother her to tell her to buy for me a cotton wool. But later she started a small business. It became a little bit stable. And that is when I told her to buy for me a lot of cotton. And I started using the cotton and I could cover the cotton wool with a piece of paper, with a piece of cloth and then sew it on my inner wheels so that it does not fall down when I'm walking to school. Yeah, that is how I survived. I went to secondary school. I was one of the good schools. I went to the Reto girls and I continued like that and later the modern sanitary towels came into the market and I was able to use them. Yeah. You know, when I hear your story, mm. um, there's so many different elements that come out, right? There's the access to products, but there's also trying to deal with your period when you don't have the same abilities as other girls and women at the time. Uh, has anything really changed in terms of accessing products and information uh, for girls and women with disability from the time that you started mm. till now? Or are things still not as accessible as in your time? Mm, a lot of things have changed because if you think of the sanitary towels that are used today, they are able to stick on your underwears so they don't fall down as you walk. At the same time, the reproductive topics are included in the syllabus, in the old curriculum, and even in the CBC that we are starting now. So children have knowledge, unlike those days. Children have knowledge about the mental problems and whatever. They are taught at school, and they, they are able to to manage their periods unlike those days. Yeah. We also have the government of Kenya which is providing the sanitary towels to our girls. And when the teachers are giving out those sanitary towels, we talk to these girls, we teach them how to use the sanitary towels and how to dispose them. So a lot has changed. A lot has changed. And when we spoke as I've you know, known you for some time and you're one of the voices yeah. um, from the book, My First Time. Mm -hmm. You, at the time, still mentioned that when it came to girls, especially those from far out areas in the country who are living with disability, there's still a challenge in terms of, it's almost like a double challenge. First of all, it's accessing the products, knowing how to use them, uh, being able to afford them. What kind of interventions are in place for girls living with disability 
even with regards to the work you do and the interactions you have with them? Okay, a lot have changed because um, like I have said about the sanitary towels which are provided by the government, they are given to all the girls in all the schools. It doesn't matter where the school is. The government makes sure that the parts are taken to those schools. They are brought into the county director's office and then the county director calls the head teacher to go and correct them from there. So when they are taken to the school, the teachers have the responsibility of teaching the children how to use these sanitary towels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've mentioned earlier at the beginning of this that there's different challenges that are faced by different girls and women. We understand that periods are different for everyone. Mm. Um, you mentioned a little bit of the challenge in terms of mm. if you're walking with a physical disability, for example, mm. you can't really use the product the same way. Mm. Um, even though it does stick to the underwear, sometimes mm. it could slip and fall. Mm. What do girls, young girls living with disability, tell you about their challenges when they're on their period? Okay, they have a lot of challenges because one thing, think of a girl who is using a wheelchair. And this girl in the school that she's attending, they don't have a changing room. She has to change the sanitary towel in the toilet that they are using. And these are petra trains, which are used by the whole school. Girls from the ECD centers up to class eight, they use the same sanitary towels. This girl cannot get into the toilet with a wheelchair. So she has to get out of the wheelchair, go into the toilet, supporting herself with the hands. And these are the same, same hearts that she is going to use to change her towels. So you find that these girls, when they are having their periods, sometimes they prefer to stay at home. Because, yes, you'll go to the toilet. You have to change the toilet. The, the sanitary pad. Where will you change the sanitary towel? You find that when you change the sanitary towel in that dirty toilet, you will have some diseases like UTIs, a lot of dirt. And maybe the school does not have water to wash your hands after. You're supposed to wash your hands before changing the sanitary towel and after. There is no water. So these girls decide to stay at home when they're having their periods because they face a lot of problems. Yes. And those are some of the things I think when I think about the kind of conversations that we need to have, this is one of them. It's about inclusion and thinking about every type of person who's on their period. You've also noted, for example, that the government is doing their part, doing distribution. Um, it's usually not as consistent, but that's their way of trying to make a difference. But what about thinking deeper into the issue? For instance, thinking through how to make latrines or toilets accessible for girls with disability. What kind of conversations um, or what kind of plans do we know that are in place to support menstruators who have a physical disability? Do you know of any? Or is it still just a challenge that people are forced to deal with? It is a challenge that has not been been addressed, addressed by anybody. And you've raised it though. Yeah. When you've raised it, what happens? What kind of feedback comes back to you? You just raise the idea and then it just goes like that. And our girls continue suffering. And you see that when these girls stay at home for three, four days, the teacher is still continuing with her syllabus. Maybe in this in the course of the four days, there are exams which are done. 
So you'll find that this girl will be left behind by the others. And what happens to her? Give me an example of a girl mm. who is left behind. We do know that menstruation locks mm. out about a million or so girls mm. in Kenya mm. from attending class. Mm -hmm. Some of the girls who are forced to stay home, mm. for lack of a better word, they just feel that's a better option. Mm. What then happens to them beyond that? What does their life turn into after that? Oh, you know, you see, if a girl, if a disabled girl does not go to school, uh, she's a girl just like any other girl. Some of them are cheated by these young men. Or do they end up becoming young mothers, young single mothers with a lot of challenges in this life? So I think something should be done. If you were told that you have a chance to change something, mm -hmm. Um, what would be the first thing that comes to mind in terms of how you would improve facilities and information for girls living with disability? Mm -hmm. And the first thing that I would make sure that I would make sure that there are enough toilets in the school, and there is one toilet for the girls with disability, and then there should be a, a changing room for all the girls. Because even the girls with the disability, they can use the same room. The, the, a separate room from the toilet is cleaner compared with the toilet. So I would like the government to build more toilets in the schools and to have a changing room for the girls. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And it, it feels like something that by now should have been addressed when I think about previous conversations mm. we've had. Mm. And again, making a case for why we have this conversation every week is because I think we talk about interventions and we talk about equipping girls and women with the tools to menstruate. But then the deeper you have conversations which are much broader, you realize that so many people are still locked out. You talk about your journey and your story and how you were able to essentially survive um, you know, high school and primary school first and then high school. But, and you're here now, which is great because you're an advocate for women and girls living with disability. But what do you wish you had known when you were a young girl starting her period living um, with a disability? What's the one thing that you wish somebody had told you? Uh... There are many things that I wish I knew. One thing I could have encouraged my parents to take me to a special school because you cannot you cannot compare a special school with ordinary schools. Maybe if I was in a special school, life could have been better. So uh, another thing, I wish those teachers that were teaching us by then, they had time to teach us on how on about the menstruation and how to keep yourself clean. Because I remember going to school with my dirty uniform and the girls could look at you and it was bad. Your uniform that had the stains. The stains. Mm. So it was bad. I wish our teachers could have taught us earlier enough. And now you're doing your part. I'm doing my part. Tell us about the work you're doing um, to, I guess, encourage and give more information to girls and women 
like yourself and then we'll also talk about period products because mm-hmm. you can't use the same products uh, mm-hmm. all the products that we have okay. but tell us about what inspired you to go into teaching and the work you do to mm-hmm. work with other women and girls who live with disability yes uh, i decided to become a teacher so that i can be a voice to people with disability when people look at people living with a disability they feel that we are there to be assisted we are there to be helped but i decided to become a teacher so that i can teach the parents who have children who are living with a disability that these children even though they are disabled one day they can come to your place to help you they can start in the gap for your family so that is why i decided to become a teacher to teach the community that even the disabled people can be somebody in the society what difference has it made give us an example of a time that you were you saw somebody mm. who was like you mm. and how she was able to have a different approach to life because of you walking with her just any example that comes to mind mm. about how your teaching was mm. able to lift somebody else up Yes um I started teaching at Kajedo this school called AIC Girls and next to AIC Girls there is a child care center which has children with a disability when I went to that school many of the girls from that center they decided to work hard in school and teachers from they, those children were coming to our school they were telling the girls now you can see we have a teacher who is physically disabled you can also work hard and become somebody and i think from that time many girls from kajedo are working hard to become somebody yes i remember teaching a girl like janet tie our women rep i taught her tisinya at aic girls and she worked hard and now she's somebody in this country Yes, that's your legacy is yeah. being able to mm. to give back in the way that you know best because it's mm. your lived truth. Mm. Um we'll go back a little bit to the products because again I believe in us in conversation mm. with you once we talked about access to products certain sanitary products because we have the pads, mm. the menstrual cups, the reusable. Mm. Um and tell us about what girls and women with disability are able to use vis-a-vis what they can't use because i also think we need to have a conversation mm-hmm. about making certain menstrual products accessible to more girls and women who don't have the same abilities so what can and can't you use mm-hmm. and what more do you think needs to be added in the market to consider women and girls with disability okay we have so many parts in the market we have the oris and the others and i think they are good they are not bad but you find that accessibility of these sanitary towels sometimes we give sanitary towels to these girls we give them three packets and when she goes home with them the mother takes one the older sister takes another one and then the girl is left with only one so she use the pack, the one packet for one period and then for the rest of the time she doesn't have another period and so they go back to their lags they start making their own sanitary towels or missing the school because they don't have the sanitary towels i was thinking that it is better for us to teach our girls how to use the reusable sanitary towels so that they can use them for 
quite sometimes although charities are many some of them they do not have enough water to make them clean but i think instead of staying at home it is better for them to use the reusable sanitary towels is it something that you've seen work have you is it tried and tested or right now are they mostly using disposable pads mm, there was a time we gave them there was some there was an, a donor who came to our school and we gave those sanitary towels to the girls uh we were asking them do you use the pads that we give you and they were saying yes they are good but, but they were also talking about keeping them clean is a challenge yeah because of sometimes also access to water mm. or not knowing which is across the board doesn't even matter what mm. your abilities are a lot of people don't quite know how to um be hygienic when they are on their period yeah. i know that there's tons of organizations working to educate girls and women on that but when you look at sometimes the ac- lack of access to water and other facilities it also is another challenge yes i'd like to ask you josephin if you're looking at five years or 10 years from now mm. um you've talked about your wish list saying we need more facilities like toilets changing rooms um but in terms of behavior in terms of acceptance and in terms of just treating periods as a normal biological function without all the stigma that's attached to it and all the shame how do you see um life 5 or 10 years from now for girls and women with disability what would be your absolute joy in terms of how different life could be for them 5 or 10 years from now in 5 years to come i would like to see all women and girls with disability having access to the sanitary towels because most of them do not have access to them you find that even the people who help them they give them food they give them clothes but they don't remember to give them the sanitary towels they wish if the government or the well wishers could be able to give them the sanitary towels so that they can also lead a normal life just like any other person yeah 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 if it is the toilets i would like the government to think about the toilets which are in the school the changing room so that our girls can continue coming to school even when they are having their periods so that they have the same mm-hmm. chance at life that other girls have because yes. you miss out on school and as you mentioned the mm-hmm. cycle mm-hmm. um continues into either teen pregnancy or or worse still and i think again whenever i have these conversations i feel like it's been several years of trying to push for legislation and access and there just needs to be so much more that's done because when you when you deny access you deny them a chance at competing and thriving in life and i think that's the biggest setback is not having the same opportunity as your peers sure not having the same job opportunities or the same dreams because of your period which should never be the case and perhaps we can continue to look at other examples in different countries in different states and hope that we'll get there as a country sure but i want to thank you for the work that you continue to do um and hoping that there can be several more champions like yourself who can continue to work with girls and women living with disability and for that we really thank you thank you so much janet thank you for listening to my first time stories podcast where we're pushing for menstrual justice one story at a time